The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Today is Tuesday, June 16th. We are continuing our All-32 series today. We're going to be talking about the Chicago Bears. Uh, look, if you listen to this podcast right now, you know that I am not Will Brinson, the normal host of this podcast. Brinson is on his first of his annual three summer vacations. Uh, we're hoping he comes back eventually at some point. Until then, the super friends, including myself, are holding down the fort and, of course, if I'm hosting, that means we have to talk about the Chicago Bears, uh, unfortunately, my favorite football team. And we're fortunately joined by a guest, Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic, who covers the Bears. And you can follow him on Twitter at KFishbane. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Sean. Yeah, so we're going to get into the quarterbacks, Trubisky, Foles, all of that in a second. Don't you worry. I know you probably love talking about the Bears quarterbacks. Uh, but first, I did want to step back and take a broader look at the Bears and get your thoughts on the bigger picture, because I think it's curious uh, to compare your viewpoint versus someone who covers the team from a national perspective. Uh, look, on 2018, under new coach Matt Nagy, let's set the stage here, the Bears go 12-4. and They're a missed field goal away from advancing to the divisional round of the playoffs. And I really do think if Cody Parkey makes that field goal, the Bears are probably good enough to make a run all the way to the Super Bowl, given just how special that defense was. And you look at the team in the NFC that ended up making the Super Bowl, the, the Los Angeles Rams, weren't really playing good offensive football heading into that game. We're never going to know. Cody Parkey obviously misses the field goal with a double doink. The Bears entered 2019 with pretty high expectations, I would say, but also clear understanding that, the offense would need to take a step forward to offset the defensive regression that we all expected to come. Sure enough, the defense regresses. Uh, the offense does not take that step forward. The Bears go 8-8. Eight and eight. And so I think most of the attention from an outsider's perspective heading into 2020 is pretty negative given just how bad Trubisky looked a year ago. And look, as long as Deshaun Watson, as long as Patrick Mahomes are doing what they do, it's never going to reflect well on Ryan Pace. That's always going to follow him at every step of his career. But I also think you could step back and take a glass half full viewpoint of this Bears team and say, look, they are 20 and 12 over the past two years. Bears fans will tell you they will take that any day of the week. That's their best stretch since the mid 2000s. As someone who survived the Mark Trespin era, uh, the Matt Nagy era has been a whole lot kinder. And look, they went eight and eight without a quarterback last year, uh, which means the rest of their roster is pretty well stacked. So I guess my question for you is, um, are the Bears closer to teetering and engineering another reset with a new coach and GM, or are they closer to returning to the playoffs like they were a playoff team two years ago? Yeah, Sean, that's a great breakdown um, and recap of kind of what we've seen over the past couple of years. And I would say they are closer to playoff contender. You know, I, it's it's really surprised me. To, like, let me just, let me step back. It doesn't surprise me the way the overall national narrative is about the Bears. It's quite negative. Um, I think that, you know, it's, there is no easier pot shot to take than to criticize Ryan Pace for picking, uh, Mitch Trubisky. And he's, look, he's made a lot of free agent moves that, you know, people kind of roll their eyes at. You think about the Jimmy Graham contract as, as kind of the one most recently. 
I get all that. And I get that Mitch Trubisky is kind of the punching bag. But here's the thing is the, the defense is still a top five defense. So I just don't see how that defense, barring you know, ridiculous injury luck, is going to let this team fall to becoming a four or five or three win team. I just don't see it happening. Now you mentioned Mark Trestman. You go back to 2014 when the Bears were five and eleven and got awful. Well, that was a team where the locker room went off the rails. I mean, everything went wrong with that team. And at least based on what we saw from Matt Nagy in this locker room last year, I don't see that happening. Even if the team struggles. Um, so yeah, I just I, you you look through that defense. You look at all three levels, and I don't see how you can look at that defense and tell me they are going to win three or four or five games when, as you mentioned, they won eight games with one of the worst offenses in football last year. Yeah, and I also think the defense even got better this offseason compared to a year ago with swapping in Robert Quinn. And look, maybe you can criticize the number of years they had to give a 30-year-old pass rusher. But in terms of the outlook in 2020, I think Robert Quinn is a big upgrade over Leonard Floyd. And we saw a year ago when Akeem Hicks went down, the Bears struggled relative to 2018 to apply pressure. And I think that's going to be a problem that's solved right away. I'm glad you mentioned the, the Tressman year when things completely fell apart in the locker room. Cause I'll be honest during this past season, when things were not going well for the bears in the middle of the year in October, and November, I kept waiting for that fallout to happen. I think it was just PTSD from the Tressman years and that never came. So I, I mean, I'm with you. I think they're closer to being a playoff team than they are to having another full on rebuild and resetting with a new GM and coach. But Look, there's no way around it. They will need better, you know, better play out of the quarterback position. Uh, Mitch Trubisky coming back um, in the final year of his rookie deal. The Bears went out and they traded for Nick Foles. And I think in a move, at least this is how I saw it, I think it's an upgrade over Trubisky. And I think it gives them a better shot to be competitive on offense. But for me, it didn't feel like a big enough upgrade. I'm curious to hear what your reaction was to the trade. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. You know, talent-wise, it, it certainly was not the best, you know, the most talented quarterback available. Uh, certainly, you look at the the fact that Cam Newton is still available. Um, and, and one of those things, too, Sean, where, you know, I don't even I don't even know why I brought up Cam Newton's name other than his talent <laughs> level because that was a non-starter. The Bears were never going to sign Cam Newton. They were not going to sign somebody they could not bring in to do a out of class. So, it, it, again, non-starter. They weren't going to bring in Jameis Winston considering his propensity for interceptions. Um, they weren't going to get into Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, um, you know, conversation. And also, why would either of those guys ever want to come to the Bears? Right. So that all, if you if you consider all of that as kind of your starting point, your best shot might be Teddy Bridgewater, um, and he goes to Carolina. So now you look at it, you look at this weird offseason, no OTAs, no mini camp. You don't know about what training camp or the preseason is going to look like. You bring in Bill Lazor, you bring in John DeFilippo. Who's the quarterback they're most familiar with? Nick Foles. Who's the quarterback Matt Nagy's most familiar with? Nick Foles. So you, you know that Nick Foles is everything you want out of this kind of quarterback. And he can know the playbook. He can be a good leader. If he, for, if he doesn't win the job, he was going to be a perfectly fine, you know, number two. It will help Mitch Trubisky. He's not going to cause any drama. It just was an easy decision. Now, again, not the, not the best pure quarterback available, but for what the Bears need and for what this offseason looks like, he just made the most sense. 
What about someone like Andy Dalton? And look, we don't need to hit this over the head with a hammer. It's already happened, and Dalton's not going to be the Bears quarterback. But you mentioned Bell Lazor, and I thought as soon as that move happened, I, it felt like everyone was connecting Andy Dalton to the Bears, and it just never happened. Was there any interest there from either side, or was that just not a non-starter? Yeah, you know, I'm with you. The, the Bill Lazor hire, that was the immediate uh, connecting of the dots, but – it doesn't seem like that was ever considered. It, it seems like Nick Foles was kind of the guy from the get-go, um, and and I think that just goes back to the head coach. It, it's just about Matt Nagy's comfort level. And Mitch Trubisky did not operate that offense last year the way that Matt Nagy wanted it to be operated. Um, and, of course, you can get into a long conversation about the fact that Matt Nagy himself probably wasn't running – um, a good enough offense to cater to Mr. Trubisky's skill set. So there was just a disconnect there. And I think for Matt Nagy and, and, and this coaching staff, it was who can we trust? Who can we trust the most to handle this thing the way we want it to be handled? And, and Nick Foles was just going to win that battle against any other quarterback. And again, you can disagree with the, um, you know, with that logic and with the focus on familiarity and the focus on trust. But that just seems to be what was really leading this charge. So, I mean, look, a lot can change between now and September. But as of right now, who do you think wins this job? Is it Trubisky just because of the nature of the offseason? And Foles is it, might not have as much time to get in there and get comfortable with the personnel in, in the offense? Or do you think it's Foles just because Foles is the more talented player? Yeah, I, I, I've been saying all offseason that I expect Foles to be – the guy who wins the competition. But here's my caveat, Sean. I don't know if that means Nick Foles starts week one. I don't know if that, I don't know what, like, what that entails. I just think at some point, Nick Foles is going to be the guy with like, okay, he is our better option right now. So as you mentioned, the fact that they don't have a real offseason, Mitch Trubisky is the one in the Chicago area, able to work out with some of the receivers. Maybe that gives him a little bit of an edge early on, and maybe they do start the season with him. Um, but I, I don't see either quarterback starting 16 games. I see both of them starting games this year, which is why you can't write either of them off. Um, but when it comes, when it, you know, when push comes to shove, you know, I, I think at some point Nick Foles is going to be, you know, running this offense. And as I said, you know, that could be Matt A could make that decision before the start of the season, just go for it. Or maybe it takes them a few weeks to see what Mr. Trubisky looks like. Or maybe Mr. Trubisky wins the job and then gets hurt. Because he's been hurt the <laughs> yeah. past two years, so uh, you know all again. That's that's kind of a uh, it's not the best answer to your question, um, but I just find this offseason being so wonky. I, I just have to like emphasize the point that I expect both guys to start games this year. So while Nick Foles might ultimately win the competition, the guys never started more than thirteen games in a season. Uh, so I, I'm not going to sit here and expect the guy to be the quarterback for the entire year. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. You mentioned how Foles hasn't really started a full season, and it, historically, especially the last couple of years, you look at his success, it's come in that relief pitcher role where he can get hot for you know a month or two, and that's probably what the Bears are hoping for. And the flip side is Trubisky has actually shown flashes of getting hot for stretches. I think at the end of the 2018 season, it's why so many Bears fans had hope going into this coming season, is he played really well in December, and in that second half of that playoff loss, 
he did play well and he did lead the team down the field um, and put them in a position to win that game. And his kicker didn't come through for him uh, real quick, getting off the quarterbacks, but you know, I know that's where all the headlines are coming from, but I do think one story not getting enough attention from a year ago is just how bad the running game was and how much worse the offensive line looked after a pretty good 2018 season. The bears went out and they relate, they replace a lot of the coaches on that offensive staff what do you see? What do you see as a problem there in terms of the running game, and do you think you can get fixed in 2020? Well, the Bears are telling you the problem with the running game was the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator, um, because those are the only changes they made. You know, they they fired Mark Alfred, they hired Bill Lazor, they fired Harry Houston, they brought in Juan Castillo. You know, they brought in Jermaine Effetti to compete to play right guard. They brought in nobody else to play running back outside for a couple undrafted rookies. So they're telling you they're okay with their personnel. Now, offensive line-wise, you have some tough contracts where they really didn't have an easy way to change their starting tackles. Um, but, uh, you know, look, they, they've been, you know, they had, a, they had a difficult contract situation at tight end and, and eventually cut Trey Burton, ate the money, and signed Jimmy Graham. So, they, you know, look at quarterback. They're eating a ton of money by having to trade for Nick Foles. So I, I'm not I, – I, it just seems like they believe they have the right players they just need better scheme to get these guys kind of matched up with what Matt Nagy's playbook wants. So, you know, you're right, though. It was, you know, in terms of the efficiency of running the ball, how often they ran the ball, it just was all over the place last year. And they didn't get any consistency. They didn't have a great identity. Um, for the listeners, if you want to check out The Athletic um, today, uh, later on Tuesday, I got a story on Tariq Cohen um, and, and his production that just fell off a cliff even though he got the ball just as many times, um, his yards per catch, his yards per rush, all of those things, the advanced stats were just brutal. And, and their kind of answer to that is a lot of that was not tr- on Tariq Cohen. Um, it's on the blockers. It's on the scheme. And, you know, some of it was on him. Uh, and, and same goes with Dave Montgomery. He's got to be a little bit better, of course. But they're really, you know, emphasizing that this was more of a scheme situation um, just based on the personnel move. So I'm very curious to see what it looks like. But with either quarterback, you've got to have that run game. Like, you're not going to – you can't ask either of these guys to carry the team on their shoulders. You're going to have to get a run game um, that is effective enough to complement what the passing game is going to do. Yeah, and I do wonder if maybe that does give Trubisky maybe a slight edge, at least heading into week one, if his shoulder's healthy and if they can actually harness his athleticism, which they didn't do a lot of, uh, you know – after, you know, in the second half of 2018, I think about that hit again in, in the Vikings game. See, like maybe he tweaked something in his shoulder and they didn't run as much. And then a year ago, I don't think he ran nearly as much as we all expected. Uh, let's do this. So let's take a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, we've been talking to every single one, every single person we bring and talk about the team about the win total projection, ceiling floor, what's a successful season and whatnot. So for me, if I look at the Bears, I would say their ceiling's probably 12 and 4. That's identical to the 2018 season. 
I think a lot needs to go right for them to be 12 and four. Uh, there's going to need to be a lot of turnovers created by that defense, which kind of dried up a year ago. And ultimately the offense is going to have to take a step forward. The step forward that so many people, myself included, thought they were going to take in 2019. And I, but you did mention how good that defense is. And that's why I have to say, I think their floor is probably only six and 10. I have a really hard time believing unless there's a whole rash of injuries and players like Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks are suddenly aren't the monsters that they are um, in terms of rushing the passer and stuffing the run. I have a hard time believing they finish fewer than six wins. What do you think would be a successful season? Is it playoffs or bust, or can they go nine and seven, miss the playoffs? Is that still an okay se- season for them? Yeah, I, I think they could go nine and seven and and, and not have you know be forced into some changes. You know, the, 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 this is an ownership group that does not like to have to make you know changes. Not that I mean nobody does. But I think there's some there's some owners around the league that might just have a little bit of a uh, you know quicker trigger on some of those decisions than than the McCaskey family. And, and look, you know they they had they had Lovey for a long time, and then it was you know two years of Mark Tressman and three years of John Fox. They don't want it to be another three year of Matt Nagy. You know they'd like to keep this group together ideally. Um, so I could see nine and seven. I could even see eight and eight. You know depending on what kind of eight and eight that is. Um, you know, keeping most things there. Um, but definitely nine and seven, I think should be keep them safe. I know a lot of Bears fans would be probably furious at the, the, the idea of no playoffs and, you know, and no changes. But this is just kind of how this organization has tended to operate over the years. Uh, I, I see, I see a seven win floor. Um, and I, I won't, I'll, I'll probably would go like 10 or 11 win ceiling. Um, you know, the, the thing that I just keep coming back to, Sean, is, is it possible for this offense in 2020 to be worse than it was in 2019? <laughs> I mean, it was horrendous. I'm like, the only good thing about the entire offense last year was Allen Robinson. Nothing else worked. And I just, I just can't envision a scenario in which you do all these different things. You bring in the new coaches, you bring in the new quarterback. Um, you know, I'm not saying that the personnel is necessarily that much better, but there's just kind of this understanding of how do you respond to that bad of a year? You're not going to continue running your head in the wall. You're going to make changes in your scheme. You're going to make changes in your play calling. They're making a change at quarterback. So it's it just, you know, with that kind of as a given, I just don't see – I think if the offense improves just a little bit from last year and the defense is just as good and they're probably going to be better than they were last year, I just, I, I, it's hard for me to see this team being any worse than seven and nine. Of course, anything can happen. Things can go off the rails. It's going to be a weird year in the NFL. Um, but I, I, I look at this team. I mean, I, I don't think I have to do a prediction, but I look at them right in that seven and nine, nine and seven sweet spot, which is going to drive Bears fans up the wall. Um, but that's just, that's just where this team is right now until they can get the quarterback and offense figured out. Cause as you said, we saw in 2018 with a, I would say Mitch Trubisky was slightly above average in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. They went 12 and four. So that's, as you said, that is kind of the, the blueprint. Can you, what kind of quarterback play can you get um, to get back to that? So you could have average quarterback play and a pretty good defense and easily get to 10 wins. What would it take, in your opinion, for, for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's jobs to be in danger after the season? Well, I think if the if the quarterback thing just is a nightmare again, you know, if neither quarterback does well, obviously that's going to be reflected in the record. Then you're looking at a team that did not make the playoffs. And I think then if you are ownership, 
and you realize, okay, well, now we are in a position where we have to draft a quarterback in the first round. Are you going to let the general manager that, you know, picked Mitch Trubisky and <laughs> signed Mike Glennon and traded for Nick Foles be that guy? So I think that's going to be a really tough sell um, for the McCaskey family. Again, in this scenario I'm describing in which both quarterbacks struggle and neither one is the answer. Then you have that. And then, well, if you're going to make that move, do you want to create a scenario that you created in 2011 when you fired Jerry Angelo, you brought in Phil Emery, and then two years later, he fires Lobby Smith even after a 10-6 and six season? You know, you just – around the NFL, that's just the Chicago example. You know, Sean, we've seen this around the NFL where that just doesn't work when you bring in a GM and kind of force him to be with the head coach who's already there. So it, it just, you know, the, as much as the organization, I think, likes Matt Nagy a lot, and they certainly like Ryan Pace, I think if the, if the quarterback position is a failure again, um, and we see that on the record, even if it's something like 8-8, eight and eight, like I, I just think it's hard for the, the, you know, the Bears organization to tell season ticket holders and tell their fan base, we're going to keep these guys again and just give them another shot to start over quarterback. I think that's a just really, really difficult in today's NFL to do that. So, but if somebody works at quarterback, whether it's Trubisky or Foles, if somebody looks good, I think that you can, you can survive an average record um, into the next year because you've just sold your bosses on the fact that, Hey, I know it took us a long time, but this quarterback seems to work for us. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And you said earlier, seven, nine, nine, seven is kind of their window. That to me just screams no man's land. And look, for better or for worse, I think, you know, it'll keep Nagy, it'll keep pace, it'll give them another year, but they're just not going to be high enough in that draft order to potentially get the quarterback that they do need. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can follow Kevin at KFishbane on Twitter. Read him on The Athletic. If you are a Bears fan, he is a must-read. Kevin, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.